listening to Grim Dystopian with Fifi Kicks and Benny G, your music podcast for everything metal. Hello. Hello. So we have another wonderful, fantastic staple of Rochester guest on. Yes, we do. Heavy yeah. Metal Steve! <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> like, it's a game show. <laughs> we don't have any fucking prizes, though. And I'm, and I'm already sitting down, so I don't have to get up and come on down. <laughs> but wonder, wonderful is a... Wonderful is a... It's a word. It's an overstatement. No, <laughs> I, no. I do stuff. Not at all. He does stuff. <laughs> um, okay, so we have our national days. All right. The day this show airs, it will be National Vinyl Record Day. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And National Middle Child Day, which I can relate to because I'm a middle child. It sounds like you're saying metal child. Middle. Are you a middle metal child? Middle metal child. <laughs> I'll just have to go to metal. I'm the only child. You are? <laughs> yep. So is this guy over here. Yeah. He's fucking... as far as I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> So, who is Rochester Heavy Metal Steve? I I would like to know that myself. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the identity of me is much, much greater than the reality. Um, I just book a lot of shows. I promote a lot of stuff. I talk up a lot of bands that I deem deserving of that. So you work very closely with Oz yeah. and Rochester Metal Booking, right? Pretty much. Um, I've been doing this since late 2005. I mean, if you guys want the story, I can give you that quick. We want it. We want it. My birthday is January 22nd in the you know wonderful dead of winter, and we live in the Northeast. Mm. So you can imagine pretty much every year it was just a blizzard. And growing up with the school curriculum, it was sometimes midterms or midterms and no cancellation in a blizzard. I, honestly, I got tired of it. I got tired of waking up, looking out the window and seeing mountains of snow and then having to hike my ass around the corner to do a five paragraph essay about topics I don't enjoy. And for whatever reason, whenever I had a midterm on my birthday, it was always fucking social studies. <laughs> so it was always one of those stupid write an essay with sources I got tired of it, and I started going to shows in 2005. How old were you? 17. Oh, my goodness. Just a baby. Unless anybody from certain venues are listening, I was definitely 18. (laughs) (laughs) But I started going to shows. I met some of the bands, and I decided I want to book a show for my birthday. Because it was my senior year of high school. I didn't have any midterms, so screw it. I'll book a show. I got an afternoon at Bug Jar on my birthday, no less. It was a Sunday. And it was 70 degrees that day. It was like the only day at that point in the year that had been warm. It was the beginning of 06. It was winter, but it spiked to 70 degrees. People were at the show in shorts. And it was packed the whole day. Everybody had a good time. I followed it up with a couple more shows. This birthday shows to start, but people liked working with me. I somehow had a handle on what I was doing just didn't stop and from there people would approach me hey we like the january show can you do something for us this day or that day 
then it went further with people recommending me to other people. John from Orodru and James from Rotten and Bloodwolf and other people would just pass my contact to other bands that needed something. That's and cool. That's pretty much how it happened. Who do you remember the you probably do the the first show you did? Yeah, it was my eighteenth birthday, January twenty second, oh mm-hmm. six. It was a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Was I believe the second and or one second or third Crucifix show. Okay. God, it was actually Crucifix played. Bloodwolf didn't play, but James hooked me up with a couple punk bands. UV Rays mm-hmm. and like three other bands that I can't remember to be honest. Cool. It was fun. So that's where the whole birthday bash came from then. Pretty much. Because we celebrate your birthday. We, all of us in yeah. Rochester and the metal community, yeah. celebrate your birthday every year. Oh, yeah. It, I, I hate to say it, but I definitely noticed after that a lot more people doing the annual birthday show thing. I'd like to think maybe I had an influence on that. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. I mean, more props to people doing that. If you like metal, celebrate, enjoy. I have done them every year since 06, minus two years. My 26th birthday, I wasn't living here, and, well, I had a couple bands canceled, so I just decided I'm not going to buy the train tickets, come up here to see two bands. Mm-hmm. Okay, where were you? Syracuse. Okay. Mistake of a lifetime. <laughs> Mistake. Mistakes. Mistakes happen. You meet somebody, you think they're awesome, then you're getting the shit kicked out of you on a daily basis. Mistakes happen. Okay. I'm back here, though. All right. And well, this, that's good. This past year, <laughs> we had the worst storm of this season, and everybody canceled. One of the bands got in a car wreck on the way up. Yeah, that sucked. We were really looking forward to your birthday this year, and it got canceled. I was bummed. Yeah. Droid made it down from Canada, and we ended up drinking in my old kitchen until 3 in the morning. <laughs> oh, man. We didn't get an invite. <laughs> it was a last-minute thing. We were, <laughs> we were at the Hog from, like, I think 5 o'clock to 8. And then we went, got food, went to DeBella's, because that was the only place open that night. Because everything else shut down for that storm. Then Wegmans and drinking. <laughs> it was fun. It, it was a fun night, but it was the best we could do at that point. Yeah. So, hey, we made the best out of it. Birthday sucked this year, though. Oh, boy, did it. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to share details? Uh, just, it was a lot, uh, it was Murphy's Law. It was a lot of just, if it can go wrong, it will. We we moved back in April, but we were looking at houses. We put a bid in on a house the day before my birthday. Now, hap- <clears throat> I am happy that house didn't happen. We found a better place, but... Who's we? My family and I. Okay. Sorry, I should have said that. <laughs> so, what happened, though, on my birthday, we had the bid rejected for the worst reason possible. <clears throat> We put in a higher bid than the first bidder. The owner rejected our bid because, this is gonna hurt to say, because it's so stupid. They felt it would be insensitive to the first bidder to take a higher bid. What? <laughs> well, that's the whole fucking point of right? it. Right? And all I could think, and several other people said this to me, was that this isn't an eBay auction. This isn't where you go, you scroll your mouse, and you click to buy it now. Right. This is, you take a higher bid. But we found that out on my birthday, and it just annoyed me because of just the stupidity of it. Yeah. Yeah. It it was a nice house. We found a better house, but it annoyed me nonetheless, Mm -hmm. just to have that happen on my birthday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I found out someone I care about was in a car accident the day before, so one of those days. Yeah. 
So you live with your family now. Yep. With your mother? My mom and my aunt. Okay. Your mom's sister? Yep. Okay. I mean, it's it's okay. House is nice. My mom isn't to some metal. I got her into a lot of old school metal. Uh, Dio, Maiden. Finally got her into Motorhead. Oh. Judas Priest, Viking Era Bathory. A lot of New Wave British heavy metal. So... Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. My, I don't think my mother knows who any of those bands even are. Oh, my mom does. Yeah. I have a cool mom. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's been to some of my shows. Nice. That's cool. She stole a couple of my band shirts. That's cool. She also yelled at me yesterday to take her tablet and put Wasp tracks on her tablet. Nice. Oh, the I PC. love that. Nice. So, I can't complain about that. She is super supportive of what I do. And, hey, she lets me put bands up if need be. That's great. So yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So do you have a relationship with your father or no? He died when I was 14 or 15. And the last time I remember seeing him was age four, age five, maybe. Hmm. And I remember the interaction, though. He was saying something to me. And I remember thinking, and this is this is at age four or five, and this is exactly what I thought. I just remember zoning out and thinking, God, you're a fat sack of shit. <laughs> At four years old. You asshole. It, like, and it wasn't because of anything my mom had said. It wasn't like one of those, you know, divorced parents, they shit talk each other. It was, he was just such an obvious bullshitter. It was one of those things that even at that young age, it's like, this is obvious. Like, can you not insult me with this? No. And that was it. So... And then you didn't see him for 10 years, and then he passed away. Yep. Don't care either, to be honest, because I never had a relationship with him. I saw him less than a handful of times, and I mean, I'm sure the previous times had been the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had no relationship with him. I didn't know anything about him, and that's that. The The morning I found out he died, my mom insisted I stay home from school. I remember very well looking right at him like, why? <laughs> Because I had, it's not even to sound callous, I mean, I had no relationship with right. Yeah, it would be like a stranger off the street dying yeah. and you staying home from school. I mean, that's seriously what it would be. Yes. Yeah. I had no relationship with him. Yeah. I, I never even met, like, my grandparents on that side. I know his father died before I was born, and his mother died 2014 or 15, and that was it. So, no relationship with it. I was approached online i've been talking to somebody online who lives in ohio who thinks we might be related similar last names possibly r- possible re- what is it, a cousin i believe like distant cousin because he had family who had lived in new york before moving out there huh. so possible i believe hmm. i believe it would be cousin I'm not sure, but he seems pretty cool, and there's definitely some overlap. Very similar in terms of physical appearance, not just with me, but not just with me and him, I should say, but with me, him, and his father. So, I don't know. It's something. Does he like heavy metal? Yes. All right. A lot of the same bands <laughs> I like, too. Really? That, a lot of good horror movies, a lot of retro gaming, so... Hmm. Even if he isn't, we've decided, hey, we're related anyway. Yeah, there you go. I like it. Chosen family. (laughs) And he has a band out there. He's started out doing tech thrash because he loves Voivod. Mm -hmm. And he's been gradually getting into 
some Doom, like Death SS, Polchain. I got him turned on to Orodrun, Blizzaro. Mm-hmm. But he's also been getting into some black metal. Like, he's into the Dark Throne. I turned him on to some of the Greek bands, some of the Czech stuff. So he wants to do kind of a fusion of Voivod, Nocturnus, and some more riff-oriented black metal. That's, cool. That's a cool combination. Yeah, it is, actually. I mean, I don't know if he wants me blowing it up, but the hell with it, I will. He sent me a couple of rough tracks. It sounds really good and really interesting because it's got the black metal vibe, but it's still rooted in tech thrash. Cool. Well, cool. when it's ready to be played, yeah. hopefully, you know where to send uh, it. Hopefully he gets it done. Yeah, send it our way. Last I spoke with him, it's just him doing everything because he doesn't have a lineup right now. So That's cool. So... What got you into metal? This is this is a great story. So, I love cartoons. I'm still a kid at heart. I still love watching any old cartoons in the 80s and 90s. I have X-Men on DVDs. I have What Spider-Man I Can. I have Ren Stimpy. I have Rocco's Modern Life. I was watching Saturday morning cartoons well into my teens. I don't care. I like cartoons. We still like it. Yeah. So we I watch Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. We watch Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy was great. <laughs> Uncle Grandpa. Yeah. I never watched that. I heard good things though. That's so I woke up one morning, I had my breakfast, you know, I'm dressed, so I'm chilling on the couch, and I'm channel surfing and there's no cartoons on. It's like the hell? So apparently that was the day that the networks decided we're just going to stop pulling Saturday morning cartoons and have news broadcast. Worst day ever. It sucked. But by that point, <laughs> I'd already eaten. I was dressed. My family was asleep. So it's like, I'm not going back to that. So I started channel surfing, and we had cable. Land on VH1 Classic, and it just happened to be their metal program. Hmm. This is kind of cool. And I, I mean, yeah, it was like the same typical videos they would always play. But you know what? For me, seeing first videos I saw were... Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. Dio, Judas Priest, Maiden, Motorhead, Skid Row, Wasp. Mm-hmm. That stuff was cool. It, it instantly clicked with me. It was like, I went from cartoons to watching metal videos. That's cool. Were you freaked <laughs> out by it? No, I no? wasn't. It just it clicked with me on some level. I don't know if it was at, you know, I was at that point, oh, two, I want to say, so I would have been in my early teens. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe it was that just, you know, the misplaced teen angst. My family's supportive, so I never had to rebel, but... (laughs) Or if it was just that I'm a weird kid. I've always been the weird person, so maybe it was that. I don't know. I liked it, and I got into it. It's like, I want more of this. Mm -hmm. But I went to school without walls. Wonderful school, but being a smaller school with, like, 250 people, I had no one there that was into metal. Mm Mm-hmm. There were a lot of kids that liked Metallica, a few people that liked Ozzy, but that was it. So I had no one really to point me in any direction, no one, you know, to chat music with. I just delved into it. Anytime I heard something, I would go online, look up for anything similar to that. Mm-hmm. And I was online one night during summer break, and I will never forget this. I heard on online radio, I heard a Venom song from Cast and Stone of all mm-hmm. albums. It was destroyed and damned. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously not typical of their earlier style I thought it was no. awesome it was heavy Google search for a band similar to Venom and that just exposed me to Merciful Fate Hellhammer Celtic Frost Creator Sodom Bathory mm-hmm. okay I'm buying all of these nice a couple trips to the hog later and I had more music 
and then again, just from there, it was a jumping off point. Creator in Sodom introduced me to the German thrash scene. Yep. Bathory got me into extreme metal in general. Mm-hmm. Hellhammer Celtic Frost kind of got me into the more raw 80s stuff. And Merciful Fate just absolutely, completely blew me away. Yep. Yep. And I just, I started going out to shows. And at that point, it was a literal kind of information sponge approach where I'm just taking up any of this and going with it. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't, awesome. I didn't have a problem with it because I just gained the exposure. That's cool. So what is your, um, I think we might know the answer to this question based on your song selections. Okay. But what is like your go-to metal genre? Like if you were dying and can only listen to one genre of metal, what would it be? It sh- I mean, my go-to overall is doom in traditional metal. High five. But it does change with like the day, honestly. Yeah, well, I mean, it changes with the hour for, for me, yeah. right? This is like, yeah. Before I came down here for this, I was listening to a lot of like early black metal. And yesterday I was binging on death metal. Um, but no, doom and traditional heavy metal. Okay. Uh, what it is like I've noticed the older I get the more I like clean vocals Mm -hmm. I can relate to that actually yeah I think maybe you can too yeah especially when they're well done yeah Um, there's so many vocals that are not clean that uh, when you hear the clean vocal it's well done you can it stands out it It really does I mean Bruce has said in so many interviews you know the idea of like you want that front man who I I remember the interview he was saying like you want that guy all the way in the nosebleeds that he looks like an ant to the singer he's like that guy you want to be able to reach that guy yep yep and obviously that's the approach you want something that stands out you want something soaring you want something memorable definitely all right, so are you going to Iron Maiden in Buffalo? No, no. I didn't buy tickets. No. Oh, man. Oh, I, wow. I just spaced on it. Oh, wow. We'll tell you how it is. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> from everything I've heard, from everything I've seen, they're still doing good, though, live. Yeah. So, I mean, he can still sing. So. I don't. Yeah, definitely. I don't see them ever as a band that's just going to, uh, you know, do a half-assed job. I feel like if they're not all, you know, all in it, they're they're going to stop. They're done. I mean, yeah. they're lifers. If you look yeah. at other people, I mean, Lemmy was playing up until he died. Dio sounded great until he died. Yep. From what I've heard from people who've seen them recently, Halford's great. Yes, yeah. he sounded in years. So, mm-hmm. I saw him on the Epitaph tour. Honestly, he didn't sound that great, but everyone said this past tour is great. So, I mean, hey, they still care. They still have the passion for it. Yeah. And it shows. Yep. The fans are still gonna show up for those for those guys. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. I mean, that, that's a big part of it, is actually having the passion to do this. It, it does show. I don't know. I, I like bringing bands here. That's why I do that. I'm passionate about seeing live music, hearing live music. I want to see stuff I enjoy. Yep. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it. We, I try. We've been to quite a few of your shows. And oh, yeah. We, and speaking of, this is like a perfect segue, because I want to go back to your 21st birthday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we go... We've been to a lot of your birthday bashes. Everyone has. <laughs> Everyone but has. your 21st birthday bash absolutely stands out yep. for a multitude of reasons. Yeah. Number one, it was your 21st birthday. Oh, yeah. It was a milestone birthday. Um, six months later, I actually drank. <laughs> <laughs> Funny thing is, I didn't start drinking for six months, so no interest. Yeah. 
So it was an amazing show. Oh yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um, Nun Slaughter. Like, how do you go wrong, right? It was I mean, Nun Slaughter that night. Yeah, it was awesome. They played 21st and 22nd birthday for me, and it was phenomenal both times. So you obviously have a relationship with them, right? Great people. How did you? How did that come about? I'm a huge fan. They're, they're one of my favorite death metal bands. I got the back patch on the vest I'm wearing right now that no one in listening land can see, and I got it signed at that show. It's just one of my all-time favorite death metal bands. I wanted to see them. I just shot them a message. Just a simple cold email was like, hey, you know, would you guys want to come up to Rochester and play? By that point, I'd done enough stuff to know I could get a crowd, and I knew they could draw a crowd based on their name. So it was just an email. They said yes. That was it. That's, that's awesome. amazing. Yeah, that's, that's They're really very, cool. at least at that point, that lineup. I mean, I know it's just Don and different people. Obviously, you know, what happened and rest in peace to Jim. Mm. But they were great people, very personable, very down to earth and just nice to have a chat with. They hit off with my family too, so. Nice. That was something. <laughs> but it was a fun show and... It was an interesting show. Crucifix played, Bloodwolf played, Fatal Curse's early band Rabid, that I'm sure they are going to be delighted that I'm mentioning, played. <laughs> Which actually, they were broken up at that point. And they'd played with Nunslaughter a couple times. When I got Nunslaughter, I just wrote Chris and Mike and I asked them, listen, I know you guys are done, but any chance of just one show? Just one show, because I want you guys. They said yes, and then one show turned into a couple more shows. That's awesome. Yeah. So, success, <laughs> I think. I'd like to think so. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It, it was definitely a fun time. So, since we're talking about Nunslaughter, we might as well play them, right? Yeah. What are we going to hear? <laughs> not ready. You're not prepared? <laughs> all right. We're going to... That's all right. We're going to be listening to Looking Into the Abyss off of their Angelic Dread CD. Best album they did for me.
So, I got a question for you. Um, yes. We kind of only know you as Heavy Metal Steve that books all the fantastic shows. <laughs> Thank you. With, with Oz. Thank you. Uh, um, but, so what, what do you do? What else is Steve? What is your day job? My day job is, currently I'm job hunting right now. Okay. Um, I've done a lot of stuff. I've done safety tech. I've done uh, live in nanny. I've done day porter for a restaurant. Okay. I've done some recording stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm extremely varied. What's like, what if you could have your, besides being a, a promoter or a booking agent? What, besides doing that? <laughs> what um, would be your like ultimate day job? Anything that's not that. <laughs> um, honestly, just something where I'm active. I don't want to be this stereotypical cubicle office space job. Just I like to be active. Mm-hmm. I like something challenging. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like super physically intensive. It's just I don't want to sit on my ass all day like doing really meaningless drivel. Like, I can relate. No offense, no offense to that. It's just to me, that's what it what it's perceived as with a lot of that. If you're just sitting in a cubicle, it, it does carry with it the perception that it ultimately is kind of meaningless because of the idea that you're another cog in that system. Mm-hmm. I mean, people can do it. Good for them. I just it's not for me. Yeah, I get and, it. Yeah. So definitely. I don't know. I'm open to anything. I I like the diverse resume I have. I really do, just because it gives me more experience. Yep. So, I don't know. Um, there's something free, some level of freedom, some level of activeness to it, activity, whatever. Mm-hmm. I got you. I think I coined a word there. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. I, I'm dying to hear this one. <laughs> Uh, well, okay, so I'll start with this one. Do you know Chris Piper? I think I've met him once briefly, possibly. I mean, I'll be honest, and I'm sorry to everyone listening to this that has been impacted by this. I suck at remembering names. <laughs> oh, I can relate. Oh, so terribly. Like, look, I can recognize faces. Yep. I can yep. run into somebody at a show, and I can tell you who you are when I've talked to you, what I've talked to you about, but I can't tell you your fucking name yep. to save my yep. life. And it, it's annoying, but it's just interacting with so many people. Less typical names stick out to me, but anything that's more common, just it's lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get it. I was so, just curious, because that's, like that's like a recurring thing on the show. Everyone yeah. knows Chris Piper. So. I feel like I've met him at least once. Yeah, he was also on Abysmal Fall. Yep. And venereal. Yeah. I never saw venereal, sadly. I just always miss them. There might gotta, be a reunion coming up. Nice. <laughs> I gotta I gotta dig out my abysmal fall CDs soon. I've listened to that in a while. It's really good. It really is. No, it really is. I know. You guys aren't gonna hurt my feelings saying no, it's garbage. I'm no, it really is. I, I like that a lot. It's properly done like black death metal. Well thank you. So I mean there is a place for that too. There's you know a lot of good bands like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Heavy Metal Steve. Yes. Are you a musician? I, I play. What do you play? I play guitar, I fuck around on bass, and I can scream like King Diamond. Really? What? Yeah. 
Okay, so you have to give us a, pl- a grim dystopian plug at the end of the show yeah. so that we can play it. Okay. And some All right, cool. King Diamond falsettos. Yes. Okay. Oh, I will. Oh, I am so excited. Let's end the show. I know. No, I'm just well, kidding. <laughs> well, see you next episode. So for for playing music, I play guitar. I'm not great, but I'm competent enough to play the style I want to. John from Ordru and Blizzaro produced this mm-hmm. Necrochasm. Mm-hmm. All John's bands. John Gallo, Professor Gallo. Mm-hmm. Whatever. He taught me how to play. So, you know. Awesome. I, I played the Doom. I make the Doomy riffs. Um, on bass, I kind of just like to rock out on it. Like, for bass, I take the approach of like Lemmy or Cyanide or even Paul Speckman, a mancher, just go mm-hmm. up and play something heavy. You know, look at Paul, it's a simple death metal. Yeah. You know, Death Strike Master, it's to the point. Cyanide is just slow down death metal riffing. Yep. Lemmy just played rock and roll. I, I don't have any illusions or aspire to be like Steve Harris or anything. I just go up and rock out on bass. Well, that's awesome. Because it's, it's fun. Like, if, I, if I'm if i doing that, I would rather play that just for fun, just to go up and rock out. With guitar, I, I just like to play doomy stuff. That's cool. So. And, and so you recorded stuff? Yes and no. So I, I had two bands. Uh, I actually only played four shows. Two shows each band. I had a grind band we did a live recording, which that's sitting somewhere around my house. I don't remember where. It's honestly not terrible because we had three people who wrote the songs. Myself, the bassist, and the drummer all wrote songs separately. So it was an interesting mix of influences, but it came together. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't meant to be. Our drummer quit because he was overworked with other bands, and it just kind of fell apart. And then I had... What was that band before you go on? Shamatari was the name of it. It was Grindcore. The name was from Cannibal Holocaust. It was one of the tribes. All right. But we just couldn't get a film drummer. Oh, that's a good movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. Minus the obvious animal killings. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't like that. The turtle scene is fucking painful to get through. Yeah. The second band was Yarrow. It was a doom band with some slight progressive elements. I started that with Sam, who was in Goron up until recently... We just started jamming in his basement over Doomy's stuff. And then we brought in a couple other people. Honestly, I I was losing interest in it. Just I didn't like the dir- I didn't enjoy playing the style we were going in. I enjoyed listening to it. The what what Dan, the former bass player, did with Yaro Simpson is great, but it's not something I had any desire to play. Mm-hmm. I will listen to it a lot and I do. There is a demo I recorded in Sam's basement with me on guitar, Dan on bass, doing a throwaway vocal line just to lay the vocal rhythm because her singer wasn't there that day and it was done at 9 a.m. on a Saturday? <laughs> but it was fine. It was, a, it was a basement recording and it turned out great, honestly, but we never used it for anything. It was a song I wrote, so I plan to eventually rework that into something. But when we played out, we had a three to four song set because being Doom, it's longer material. Yeah. But there was a lot of stuff we never used. Before the singer joined, before the bass player joined, Sam and I had probably an album's worth of material written, just didn't have it fully arranged. But we never used a lot of it. Mm -hmm. So if he and I can never coordinate schedules because his work schedule is really chaotic, we can never coordinate. You're going to record it someday. 
I mean, there's enough there. It's just arrangement, because I suck at arranging music. I can write the riffs and all that, but I just don't do well with arrangements. Mm -hmm. He can arrange music. I typically write more in the, the classical sense or the demontage sense or the Night Conquers Day sense where it's not for I like verse chorus music I like a lot of music but I don't like to write verse chorus mm. but that means arrangement kind of gets complicated and if you're not good at it it can be really bad my drummer Sam is good with arrangement so we'll go with it eventually perhaps someday before I die it'll see release yeah we'd, we'd love to hear it I would love to hear that shit and that is the first mention of Night Conquer's Day on the show Yes, congratulations. Mikhail I mean, is listening, which I doubt it. <laughs> he'll be he'll be thrilled. I mean, personally, that band is a major influence on me from a written perspective. Cool. And I don't know. I have both of those albums. I have all the Tear Stain stuff. Mm-hmm. Mike was awesome enough to burn me a bunch of old demos too. So I have the Phantasmagoria stuff now. Cool. I have the Killing Spree demos. I like that old stuff from Rochester. I, I'm into that. Do you have any Kill the Bitch? I actually have that, yeah. All right. Mike ripped it for me and gave me a copy of it. Again, it's great material. Mm-hmm. Controversy aside, it's great material. Right, right. He's a great songwriter. Yep. He did some wonderful stuff. I have the Buried Beneath CD. I sadly don't have any physical copies of the demos, just rips that I was given by other people. Mm-hmm. But that stuff was great, and I like that approach to it, especially with the later Buried Beneath stuff. Even some of the Abysmal Fall stuff had that different writing approach to it, different yeah. arrangements. I like that. That's how I write. So that stuff had a major influence on my approach to arrangement, my approach to music. Cool. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I don't, you probably already knew this, but uh, the drummer from uh, Buried Beneath was the drummer from... Well, I think there was another drummer in Buried Beneath, but Shane from Buried Beneath yep. was the drummer in Abysmal Fall. And wasn't he a necrostalker for a minute? Yes, he yes. was. Yeah. Yep. I awkwardly said something about Buried Beneath to him one night, but like it was awkward because I, I just didn't know if there was any like issues or anything, you know, because obviously like, I'm younger. I don't know, you know, how they broke up or anything with that. So. Yeah. But I never actually talked to him much about Abysmal Fall because I fucking forgot to bring my fucking CDs to get them signed that night. Because <laughs> they played with Bloodfeast and yeah. I stupidly didn't bring my CDs to get signed. Like, Fuck. <laughs> so I just didn't want to bring up Abysmal Fall because I knew if I did, it's just a reminder of that. So oh. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about your relationship with Fatal Curse. Uh, where do I start? <laughs> so I met those guys in 06. They were rabid. I heard, I just randomly found them on MySpace. So who was in rabid at the time? Mike, Chris, and Dave, same three, and a bass okay. player. And I booked them on a couple of shows out here, and I liked them a lot. I mean, I liked them a lot. I'll be honest, Thrash didn't take in Rochester ever, and they were a Thrash band at that point. Mm -hmm. I know they're going to hate me for this. I know I'm going to get shoot out for this. The Rabbit album is incredible. And we're not plugging any more than that, because, (laughs) you know, yeah. But Do you have it? Yes, I do. And I play it regularly. But We're going to have to play a song 
You should have told us that. We could have played a song. Good luck getting them to agree to it. <laughs> it's really good, but the I'll thing talk is, to Chris about it tonight. The issue with it is, and I say this having seen this throughout like over a decade, Thrash never took in Rochester. I don't understand that. I love Buffalo. Thrash. Buffalo was always a death thrash town, but for whatever reason, thrash bands here never drew crowds. Mm. People like it, but it's hard to get a crowd. Like still, like even today. I don't think it would draw that well. Like, obviously, a band like Nunslaughter draws, but they're a death thrash. Blood Feast have some more death metal elements, so they can draw. I just don't. I've never seen like younger, newer thrash bands, like local bands, draw that well. I'm, I'm sorry to say it. Like, we've had good bands, but they just never drew as well as they could have or should I don't get have. It. Mm. And it's even worse when the show itself, like, is packed but like the other bands are like Death Thrash or Black Metal and then the Thrash band plays and there's no crowd in the room. I've sadly seen that. Yeah. You have a packed show, but then like the newer Thrash band plays and everybody just hauls ass out of there. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. And so they played out here. They they were well received. It's just that, you know, Thrash never took, so it was a hard sell. But they've always been into traditional metal. So they got back together 13, 14? And they started writing stuff more in the vein of Saxon and Motorhead. They just, just said that's, you know, they've always been into it. That's what they wanted to play. Just kept going and they kept getting better and better and realized that they needed to change the name. It's it's suitable at that point because it's nothing similar stylistically. Mm-hmm. And it works. Oh, they are fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they're great. They've always been great, and they're wonderful people. They're mm-hmm. fun, and they're diehard fans of just all old metal. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's play a Fatal Curse song, and then after that, we're going to play a Demontage song. All right. Works so, for me. So Fatal Curse, we're going to be playing Chains of Eternity. Cheers, guys. And Demontage from Canada, we're going to play Mad Thrasher off Fire of Inquidity. Great album. Existence 
Steve. Yes. We talked a little offline about uh, horror movies. Oh yeah. Um, I'm a big fan, and I subject Fee. Yes, to, you do. Uh, especially <laughs> in the beginning, to some horrible horror movies. Um, what do you have? Some favorites? What's your favorite style? Favorites. Overall, for movies, The Beyond is probably my favorite horror movie ever. Okay. I love Fulci. Uh-huh. I like Argento, too. Uh-huh. Just, I mean, different reasons, obviously. Argento's more artistic. Fulci's right. more gore. How about H.G. Lewis? I haven't watched enough. Well, you need to. But Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness are some of my absolute oh, favorites. Oh, they're great. Evil Dead was actually the first horror movie I ever saw. Because growing up, my mom would be fine with gratuitous violence. I could watch Total Recall, I could watch Judge Dredd, I could watch any of that. But horror movies were no go in my house. <laughs> so, whatever, fine, I just went with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, I didn't have a lot of friends who were into horror movies as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I had friends who were more into mid to late 90s. It was like MTV, so stuff like Beavis and Butthead, mm-hmm. Jackass, Daria. Yeah. But I didn't have anyone into horror movies. So, I got IFC in my teen years, and they played Evil Dead one night, and I just fell in love with that. It's like, yeah, this is campy. Yeah, great. But it's it's a B-movie, and I liked that. I fell in love with that. And then John recommended the Italian scene mm-hmm. that exposed me to that. And then I just started going back through like more notable stuff, John Carpenter, Flicks, Nightmare on Elm Street series, Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. I like horror. I don't like jump scares. That's my thing. I just never liked the jump scare crap. Mm-hmm. Psycho is great, but I think Psycho, that that shower scene really is the the definitive jump scare, and it kind of kickstarted that. Yeah, yeah. But I like her. I, I like a lot of that stuff. I'm trying to think of other notable stuff. Beyond Suspiria is amazing. Mm-hmm. Suspiria is just beautiful artistically. Mm-hmm. Low budget movies are great. The ex and I watched video violence together. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Mark from Christ in the archive actually sold me a copy of video violence. <laughs> which which was actually pretty fun. I mean, the idea of like a video store snow, selling snuff films was cool. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You know, just even like shot on video or shot on shittio, if you want to call it that, are great. Oh, I like that stuff. I, it's fun. I like a lot of artistic movies. I love Bergman. I love Werner Herzog. Mm-hmm. But I love horror. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. And what one of the earliest Edison movies that exists was a horror film. I mean, horror's always been present in cinema. People yep. like having the shit scared out of them in some ways. It it resonates in a different level. If you look at like cinema, cinema has changed throughout history. Like it comes and goes with what's in style or what's popular, but horror is always present no matter what. Right. You know, 80s was action and sci-fi was more predominant. 70s had more gritty crime stuff like Dirty Harry or Death Wish. 90s had CGI movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really was though, it was the birth of that. Mm-hmm. But if you look throughout all those decades, you still had horror. Even like stuff like film noir even had little elements of atmospheric horror. Yep. Yep. It's some of the best directors have dabbled in that too. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I, re- I one of our questions on Facebook, I think it was about, uh, metal movie soundtracks you brought up gummo right do you remember yeah, that I, I 
I Which think it blew is. our yeah. fucking yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, because I love Gummo and the soundtrack. The the bands on there are fucking wonderful. Um, but you also mentioned Werner Herzog. Have you seen Julian Donkey Boy? No, I haven't seen oh, that. Yeah. Oh, you must see it. Yep, you gotta That's watch great. it. I've been. We'll I've, watch that for our cooking night. I've only recently <laughs> started digging into his stuff, so like I've seen Aguirre, which is a beautiful film, and that mm-hmm. Popol View soundtrack is perfect mm-hmm. for it. I've seen clips of Fitzcarraldo. I need to see that and The Burden of Dreams. Mm-hmm. But I've been digging into his stuff slowly. Mm-hmm. So, so if if you don't know, Julian Donkey Boy is Werner Herzog is plays is an actor in it, but it's by the person that wrote and directed Gummo. It's so good. Ooh, ooh, I have to see yeah. that. It's so good. It's a fucking, it's very bizarre. Gummo yeah. is great. Yeah. Uh, that movie is, the choice of music and the way they used it was great. Whether or not people like sleep, that scene with them riding bikes oh, I love to it. sleep is an iconic it scene, was, regardless of taste absolutely. in the band. The Mystifier song yes. over the cat scene is fucking That's perfect great. too. It just, it's very fitting for the movie. That movie is absolute madness, and I love everything Soundtrack about it. Soundtrack suits it. Yeah. Also, seriously, props to them for using, like, Mystifier right. and Absu. Yeah. Uh, you know, some lesser-known bands. Definitely. So I have a funny story about Gummo. So I had... <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about this. <laughs> I had a friend who insists that he loved, like, obscure movies underground movies and i'm like all right watch gummo and he came back to me like a week later and he's like suicidal so i'm like yeah i'm like so how was gummo and he's like that changed my life and i'm like what do you mean it changed your like it's gummo it's disturbing it, like it really is it was his hometown Ooh. <laughs> Ooh yeah it's even more disturbing then so we never talked about movies ever again. I mean, it's definitely, it's disturbing enough for what's on the movie, but then to have that personal connection is just makes it worse. Uh, yeah. yeah, he had a really hard time with yeah. that. We had like a, a strained relationship yeah. after that. I, I got to say, I was kind of amused by that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it was Because I awkward. didn't have to interact with him directly, so. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. It was kind of funny. Yeah, thanks. I'm sure it's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to say. <laughs> And then we what never talked about movies again. So. <laughs> yeah. It is just so, it's so disturbing in parts. Yeah. It, it's very odd. I can't think of any movie like that. Yeah. I, I don't I haven't seen one like that. But we're talking about it, so mm-hmm. I mean, it's they did notable. a good job. I guess it, it's disturbing. It's controversial, but it, it's weirdly beautiful for that. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. I've come to the realization, like, watching enough fucked up movies listening to enough fucked up music, there is a sense of something being so ugly can almost be beautiful. Because mm-hmm. it it's just this weird backwards outlook, but mm-hmm. you can convey beauty through other ways. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. It's, I don't know, just like music. Like, oh, yeah. no matter what the music is, you might hate it, but it's an art form. It's some yep, this is true. Art, artistic expression. Yep. And it's true. This is one thing, and I can say for sure, I've had other people tell me this, so I know this from other people. I've always been a staunch supporter of exactly that. Music is artistic expression. Mm-hmm. It's subjective, too. Yeah, definitely. Whatever you may like or I may like, somebody else might not, but it has merits regardless. Absolutely. That's why I'm 
hesitant to and try to avoid ever shitting on anything because it's like right. I, there's definitely bands I don't like, mm-hmm. but you know what? They hold significance for other people. They hold relevance for other people. Absolutely. So. Yep. One hundred percent. It's subjective, but it, hey, as long as it's passionate artistic expression, good for you and good for whoever's doing that. Yep. We just had this conversation with like a non-metal friend, and she's like, "Justify." screaming into a microphone yeah, for me yeah. and you were like art doesn't need to be justified right. it's art yeah the the one i've said to people recently is the south american scene of the 80s bands like sepatora sarcophago pentagram chile volcano exterminator all of those bands were a bunch of kids beating on shit mm-hmm. they were a bunch of poor kids if you look at the old old pictures of max and igor they're living in a fucking slum. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, not that they were aggressive, but Viper, they met their singer, Matau, who recently died, but they met him because they were playing ball between the apartment complexes, the high-rises. Ball landed on his apartment, and like, can we have our ball back? Oh, you like Iron Maiden. <laughs> but if you look, at it, it was a bunch of kids who, it was in the 80s, you know, at this point, I'm sure people weren't aware that their government at that time was, well, you know, sheltering fucking Nazi war criminals. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, all these kids are in the slums. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. poor. They're in tenement high rises. At that point, it wasn't about being artistic. It was about beating the shit out of something. It was about aggression. It was about anger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literal artistic expression. It didn't matter if you were writing Beethoven. It didn't matter if it was like Jazz Odyssey. It didn't matter if it was intricate progression it was just we're angry and we can barely survive and we're angry Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and some of that stuff is just barbaric but it's still expression definitely yep here's your justification of it (laughs) (laughs) and i don't say that in a condescension condescending way or as a condescension it's like there's your justification of something like that it's angry people venting their anger venting their frustration Mm -hmm. mm-hmm Sometimes that's all it is. Sometimes that's all it needs to be. Right. Yep. Yep. All right. Do we want to go into a couple bands? But yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we let Heavy Metal Steve pick the lineup of bands tonight. Yeah. Thank so you, guys. Let's Thank talk you. about Mirror of Deception from Germany. Okay, Mirror of Deception are a German doom band, slightly on the epic doom metal side. They formed in 1990. They put out a few demos throughout the 90s. They have a few full lengths. One of my favorite doom bands. I've had the pleasure of actually chatting with them online several times. I got their most recent album, The Estuary, from them directly. Just very nice people. They actually sent me a patch one time. That's awesome. I had approached them on Facebook when I was putting together this vest. I was like, do you guys have any patches? They didn't. Then I get a message back from them a couple days later. Hey, we were grabbing our merch for a gig. We found a patch. Would you like it? Yeah. (laughs) It's probably the last one they had. Just very nice people to talk to. Very, very good underrated band that sadly doesn't get the attention they deserve. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. It's something I've always found interesting as a style because it's on the epic doom side it's more akin to like procession candle mass solstice uk yeah something i enjoy yeah okay so we're gonna hear mirror of deception ship of fools and then we're gonna play some god's tower so talk to us about that so i found god's tower through 
a Bathory compilation, well, Bathory tribute compilation, say, a few years ago. It's called Voices of Valhalla. Just a bunch of bands paying tribute to Bathory. A lot of black metal bands, but there was this band that did Song to Hall Up High, which I've never heard anybody cover, and it sounded interesting in this band called God's Tower from Belarus, a country that really isn't that notable. I mean, in the metal scene, the country itself is often cited as like the last vestige of the Soviet Union. So it's in Europe, right? It's, yeah, it's basically, it's the last vestige of the Soviet Union. It's Russia. <laughs> oh, okay. It's, it really is ran that way from what I've heard. So I dug into the discography and it was a really interesting band. It's kind of a mix of Viking era Bathory, a little bit of Epic Doom. I don't know. It's just a mixture of interesting sounds, a little folksy, and just it, very unique guitar playing. And I fell in love with it. It just connected with me on some level. I ended up ordering a shirt from them, directly from them, and weirdly ended up talking to their singer. That's cool. They had posted a few years ago that it was like the anniversary of them starting the band. And I left a comment. I'm like, well, you know, happy anniversary. I'm glad you guys are a band. Obviously, being Belarus, you know, it's Cyrillic. So I get this friend request a few minutes later from a person with the name Alwyn Cyrillic. Okay, what is this? Google Translate. Turns out it's a singer from God's Tower thanking me for, you know, the support and all that. I had the pleasure of talking to him, asking him about the scene, asking him about life there. That's cool. Ended up buying a shirt from them. How did That's awesome. I still have them wear regularly. So how did you interact with them? Did you have to use... Google Translate or? No, he, um, I'm assuming he translates it on his end because okay. it's been fine and not a problem. Cool. I mean, it's interesting and it's nice to learn about the culture of another place. Yeah. Myself on my mom's side, I'm Polish-Lithuanian, so I'm very interested in that part of the world, that heritage, the Eastern European stuff. Mm-hmm. So I listen to Polish bands, I listen to Ukrainian bands, I listen to Russian bands like Aria. I worship Polkogap from Hungary. I love Turbo from Poland, but Belarus was something I wasn't that familiar with. Mm-hmm. It's not really on the international map. Right. Yeah. So to find something from there that was that unique was really good. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. All right, so you chose the song Liar by God's Tower. That is... A newer, newer song, it's only digital, I believe, and they're slowly working on a new album, but that's like the newest thing they have. And it, I just like the song. All right. All right. Well, we're all going to like it. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Probably the only place in the States playing them right now. <laughs> <laughs>
That first song you heard was by Mirror of Deception, Ships of Fools, and then you heard God's Tower, Liar. Good stuff. I hope. <laughs> I hope people like it. They deserve more attention. All right. So, Steve, you like other music other than metal. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about that. So as I was getting into metal, I was also really into 80s new wave, post-punk, synth-pop. Depeche Mode is one of my favorite bands of all time. I regularly listen to them. I love New Order. Boingo, boingo. I haven't delved into them that much. You should. You're like the third person recently to recommend that. Too. Love New Order. <laughs> How about you? Love Joy Division. I've, I've often said it that to me, Joy Division is probably the single most influential pop act ever. Joy Division is to pop what Sabbath is to metal. I also like a lot of neo-folk. I like Death in June. I love Current 93. Fire Plus Ice, Soul Invictus. A lot of that stuff. I listen to 70s Prague. I love Atomic Rooster. Old Scorpions. Krautrock like that's great too. Amon Duel. Focus. I haven't delved into that one that much either. Well, Hocus Pocus is a great song. I mean, I've heard that. I'm familiar with that. Yeah. I just haven't delved into their catalog. Yeah, yeah. Like, I like a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely go through bouts where it's just like, I'm just going to listen to new metal. Not, not new metal. I'll listen to new wave. Ooh. Or I'll listen to... Got me a little nervous there. <laughs> or actually, I will listen to a lot of... I try to make a point of listening to a lot of newer metal bands, mm-hmm. too. I'll go through bouts of that. It's like, I only want to listen to newer metal. Mm-hmm. Not new metal, but newer metal. Mm-hmm. New N-E-W metal. Mm-hmm. Then I'll have days where it's like, I want to listen to this new wave, or I just want to binge listen to Current 93. Mm-hmm. Or just spend a month straight of listening to Kate Bush because, well, it's Kate Bush. Oh, we love Kate's Kate awesome. Bush. Yes. Yeah. I, I had that happen last year, actually, where I just I got in this binge where it's like, I just want to listen to Kate Bush, and then I ended up on Peter Gabriel. Nice. I love Pink Floyd. I love just old 70s stuff, too. There's a lot of good stuff in the 70s. Mm. There's rainbow. A lot of, I see a rainbow patch oh, over there. I fucking worship rainbow. Yeah, I do, too. I love Sabbath with Dio. I love his solo career. I firmly believe, for me, the best shit he ever did was Rainbow, though. Mm-hmm. Just because of songs like Temple of the King, Stargazer, mm-hmm. Rainbow Eyes. Mm-hmm. Yes. What he was doing with them was the full range of his vocal mm-hmm. abilities, the full range of his emotional qualities of his vocals. And then you see that one interview with him where he says, like, side two of Rising is crap. And so it's like, ouch. As a fan, ouch. <laughs> I got a question for you. This is just, I'm just pulling it out of my yeah, ass. Go ahead. What if Maiden was like, Paul Diano's got to go. Bruce wasn't available. What if Dio joined? Could he have pulled it off? Could he have pulled it off? Yes. Yeah. I don't know if it would have sounded the same. Yeah. I can't imagine Dio in a band with dual guitars, but he was never really in a band with that. Right. So it's kind of just hard to imagine because Sabbath was the only yeah, Rainbow yeah. was Blackmore. Dio solo was just always one guitarist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It would be interesting, though, to think about it. Yeah. I always think about, like, like <clears throat> Maiden was just a great musical band. If Like, what if, like, what if Bruce wasn't available? What would have happened to them? I mean, it's a hell of a question. And I, I always think about, like, who could have filled those shoes? And yeah, we talk about this, yeah. these kind of scenarios I know all the there's time. People Just like with Metallica there, and but, Dave. Yeah. But the only one that comes to mind for me that could is, is kind of Dio. 
Yeah. Um, it would would have been interesting to hear him do work with a band with two guitars. Yeah. Shit, I'm gonna I'm gonna think about that and obsess over that. <laughs> I, I want to say Halford in a way, but like I don't know that he'd be a good fit for Maiden. Great singer, but. I kind of agree with that just because he's a perfect fit in Priest. Yeah. And Priest and Maiden are different enough. Yeah. It's just you're trying to fit somebody who's a perfect fit in their band and something that, while similar, is still different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to spend way too long thinking about that. <laughs> Sorry. Well, now you don't have to think about politics. You could think about this Iron Maiden without this Bruce. This philosophy are what keep me up at night. <laughs> Well, this philosophy and overthinking life situations. (laughs) (laughs) Overthinking life situations, overanalyzing everything. (laughs) This is from somebody who doesn't even do drugs and I just overanalyze everything and I get all deep and philosophical. (laughs) Such is life. All right, so you talked about horror movies. Yep. So what are your other hobbies outside of Horror, metal. I'm a fucking nerd and I play video games. <laughs> okay. All right. So I, what do you play? I grew up playing Nintendo. Like I had a SNES at a young age. I actually started on the NES, had an N64, PlayStation, PlayStation 2. I'm currently playing Switch. I'm playing a lot of indie games on there. Recently, I've been binging on Axiom Verge. It's a spiritual successor to Super Metroid. All developed by one guy, too. They... I mean, basically, Metroid was influenced by Alien. This was influenced by Metroid, Alien, and Giger's artwork. So basically, just all influenced by the same thing. <laughs> Giger influenced Alien, Alien influenced Metroid, Metroid influenced this. There you go. <laughs> that, I've been playing The Messenger recently. Kind of Ninja Gaiden-esque game. I still love Zelda. I still love Mario. To the same end, I am on pins and needles waiting for that fucking Spyro HD remake on Switch because I didn't get a PS4 because I'm <laughs> fucking behind. We didn't either, actually. No. I have the Crash HD collection on there. I just, I've been playing a lot of older games recently, just kind of what I'm in the mood for, or newer games that are reminiscent of that. I just downloaded last week Doom 2 on Switch because, I mean, fuck, I have Doom on everything. You can play Doom on a fucking refrigerator now. <laughs> Somebody actually did it. Somebody posted a video. They got Doom to run on like a smart fridge. They got it to run on like the the little bar on an iPad or on a laptop, on like the Apple laptops. Mm-hmm. So I didn't need to get Doom 1, but I mean, I haven't played Doom 2 since it came out. So got that. I played Doom 2016, newest Wolfenstein. I just, I like mostly older games lately, but I was still playing newer stuff. Controversial opinion. I'm sure I'm going to get flamed for this by all the gamers. I didn't, I didn't like Breath of the Wild. <laughs> like, it's a well-made game for what it was. I just didn't actually enjoy it. Which is weird because I love Zelda. That's like one of my favorite series. But I don't know. That game just didn't sit with me for whatever reason. Again, well-made. Perfect for the style it is. Just not my thing. But I like games uh, that I like philosophy a lot. I I read a lot. I'm an information sponge, so I like philosophy. And I, I do. I will sit up at night and I will think about like more obscure concepts. I'll think about space and time. What is consciousness? What is the mind? You know, what are we as a person? Mm-hmm. Not like the identity, but like what is the idea of being a person? What makes mm-hmm. the person? Like string theory. 
Yeah, that. <laughs> I'm subscribed to PBS Space Time on YouTube, and that's fucking wonderful to watch stuff on. I was just watching a video on before the Big Bang, mm -hmm. like tracing stuff back to that moment and then figuring out what was there before that stuff on black holes. I just like that stuff. That's cool. I'm very analytical. I'm the guy who, I also like linguistics, so I'm the guy who will listen to a conversation and I will analyze what was said. I will look at why why did you choose this word? Why did you say this? Why did you phrase something this way? Hmm. Funny thing is, a lot of times you end up being right with that because there's a lot of stuff we don't think about that goes into our speech patterns. Mm -hmm. We we do choose words and phrases for reasons, and that can be very telling if you sit and think about it. Hmm. So I feel like we should have another show with Heavy Metal Steve, uh, yeah. and he can uh, analyze our interviews. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> Linguistics is interesting. It like it really is. And we can cook on the show. Oh God! Are you hungry? Yeah. <laughs> hey, food's always good. I don't know. Like I've just. I've always been an information sponge. I've always liked learning. It's just that the school curriculum in this country is so limited in what it can teach. Mm -hmm. It's just, you have such a limited time frame. You have to impart so much knowledge that for me, I would often be bored and I'd explore my own interest. I'd explore things that interest me. Mm -hmm. A lot of it being history, a lot of it being philosophy, a lot of it being anthropology, even when I was younger, just more so now. I don't know. That's, that's my hobbies, being a information sponge finding stuff learning stuff uh look be be better today than you were yesterday no more tomorrow than you did today love it yeah absolutely because that's, that's what you should people should strive to do and i've said that to people a lot recently no matter what you're going through you should try to be better tomorrow than you were today mm -hmm. yep absolutely like life should be a, a growing always growing experience right exactly yeah. absolutely every day you can learn something that's the thing every day you should try to learn something new every day you should strive for personal growth mm -hmm. it doesn't to me it doesn't matter how you look at the world you know it doesn't that's a unifying thing it doesn't matter how you look at the world how you look at religion politics economics social stuff you should still strive to grow and learn and expand mm -hmm. no matter what absolutely the thing is, like, I don't want to go too much into this for obvious reasons. I don't want to get hot button issues. But the idea is that people need to be willing to have their opinions challenged. Yeah. People need to be willing to look at different perspectives. You don't have to agree with it to see the relevance. Right. You don't have to agree with it to consider it. Right. Open-mindedness is good. Learning tolerance. is good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not even going to go as far as tolerance. Just open-mindedness and learning is good. Just the idea of even considering something, you know, that you might not have thought of is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've definitely had experiences with that where it's like, I've had people suggest to me other perspectives. Like, I disagree, but, you know, that is a perspective to look yeah. at. Yeah. Even if it reaffirms your own perspective, even if you don't change, you got a different outlook. Yep. And that's something. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And that's also why I. I'm very accommodating. You guys know this. I, I will always say hi to people at shows. I'm yep. always very welcoming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I don't like the idea of people have that we as metalheads are sexist, racist, bigoted, drunk, stupid, party animals. What you know, the, just the the burnout metalhead mm -hmm. or whatever. Like I don't like that. I don't like the way people malign the amount of elitism that already exists. I know. Yeah, I'm not that. I think 
it's bad. I'd like to dispel that. Now, I could go off and I could sit here and complain all I want, or I could fucking set an example and be welcoming and be nice. Yep. Plus, I mean, again, you can learn stuff from other people. Mm -hmm. If nothing else, you can learn bands to check out. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, I mean, obviously, like I said, I'm probably the only person in this state that would even, like, suggest playing a band like God's Tower. There's something... I mean, if people like it, go check it out. If people don't... Hey, you found a new band and you don't like them. You at least heard something different. Right. So if nothing else, you can at least find new bands by talking to people. Mm -hmm. Yep. Also, just... Honestly, as a promoter, you should be welcoming. You shouldn't be turned off to people at shows. Whenever I see new people at shows, if I don't recognize someone, I will go up and shake their hand and say, thank you for coming. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? That's a person that wasn't there before. They should feel welcome. They should want to come out again. That's cool. I'm doing a disservice to my scene. I'm doing a disservice to my career, my livelihood, my job as a promoter if I'm not welcoming. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Do you? Ha- so this is just a... Uh this was something I was going to ask you earlier. Um, when you discover new music, do you have like a, a go-to source for it? Is it just online searching around? YouTube's wonderful. Yeah. Um, I'll start that as part of the answer. YouTube is legitimately wonderful mm-hmm. just because you can find stuff. Recommendations from friends mm-hmm. who I trust. Like I know enough that, I don't know, I have to go to other sources to find stuff because... Mm-hmm. A lot of times people recommend some stuff that I'm just, you know, already familiar with. But, like, somebody like Barrett, who's well-versed in the underground, Mm. can definitely recommend me stuff. Bands that are on tour, if they see a band that strikes them, will tell me stuff. Take that, and that's fine. Some message boards are decent, too, for recommendations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or just, honestly, as much as I don't like the forum, I'll just go on Metal Archives and Mm. look up different countries that I'm interested in. Yeah. I do that, too. Definitely. I don't like their forums one bit. I mean, it, it, to me, it has a lot of the typical problems inherent with forums, but the encyclopedia side of the site is wonderful. Right. Yeah, it's amazing. Plus, we... in- Instagram's great, too. People post their fucking collections. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, we need to venture into Instagram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good for what it is. It's good. It's good if you have a use for it. That's the best I can say. Some people just don't get use out of it. Some people do. Yeah. yeah. Do you, is there a certain record label or two or three or four that like are consistent in your opinion? You on gravitate like, towards. Yeah, like I got to check out what their new releases Ooh. are. That's a good question. I guess I kind of try to keep on top of House Headbangers, mm-hmm. but I also know those guys, so that's, mm-hmm. you know personal thing shadow kingdom because mm-hmm. tim's been putting out a lot of good stuff mm-hmm. that i mean i like a lot of traditional metal so shadow kingdom's releases are pretty conducive mm-hmm. to my style uh cyclone empire puts out some stuff that i like cruise del Sor is good nuclear war now mm-hmm. just stuff like that that puts out things i enjoy cool yeah but it's one thing it's like i'm not consciously aware of it there's just a lot of times i'll find a band I'm like oh they're on one of those labels yeah, yeah. so i think there, there's certain labels that, um, especially this seems like the maybe smaller to mid-sized ones that like has one or two people running it that their taste kind of resonates with. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it sticks with yeah. us. It's very reflective yeah. too of the person running it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like. I just pay attention to some stuff more than others because like I said some stuff I'll just be like oh it's on that label other stuff like oh this label released that yep. so yep. 
It's just not a, a constant conscious awareness. Mm-hmm. I got you. We find a lot of bands that way. Yep. It's a good way to do it. Yeah, by record label. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, are you good? I'm good. All right. Are so, you good? I, I guess so. <laughs> I guess I have to be. <laughs> you don't have you don't to have be. Is there something you want to talk oh, no. about? Oh, no. No, I'm good. I, I, I just can't think of anything else. So... Well, I don't want to be odd man out. <laughs> well, we will... Oh, the kid. Attacking me. So we'll <laughs> offer you an interview part two, just like we do everyone yeah, else, because we always lay in bed and we're like, fuck, we should have asked Heavy Metal yeah. Steve this or that. Oh, or, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah. So we definitely would love to have you on yeah. again. You're always welcome to co-host, Absolutely. bring music. Thank Come you. Back. Cook. I appreciate it. Cook. <laughs> oh, de- oh, definitely. Horror <laughs> movies. <laughs> You're like, always welcome. I like food. Watch Necromantic. Oh, yeah. Scrapbook. Criminally Insane. Yeah, Scrapbook. <laughs> that was one of our early <laughs> dating movies. Yeah. So, somehow she's me. still around. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I've heard a little yeah, bit about it. It's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah. What's wrong with that? <laughs> okay. So one last band that you wanted to play tonight. So yep. let's talk about it. Okay. So this is a new, newish local band called Tyrannonaut. I met them through Mark from Christ and Record Archive at Metal Night. This kid was sitting down and talking to me. He spotted my Dream Death shirt and complimented me on that. And so, you know, he recognized me the next time he was sitting down talking to me at the bar. And Mark was like, oh, yeah, this guy has a band. Again, I'm bad with faces, so I didn't recognize him. He's like, yeah, you had the Dream Death shirt last. I'm like, oh, yeah. He's like, well, we're really into Dream Death and Penance. So we started talking, and he gave sent me a copy of the album. I bought it off him like a week later, and he sent it to me. Because they're local, but it was the dead of winter, so it's like, I'm not fucking venturing out of my goddamn house for this. <laughs> it's really good. It's just two guys. They're brothers. They've grown up playing together, so it's just a studio-only project, but they deserve way more attention. The band's called Tyrannonaut. They self-released. They did everything themselves, and I think it's wonderful. I think it deserves more attention. Well, All awesome. right, well, let's hear yeah. it. What are we going to listen to? So this is Tyrannonaut with Hyperborean Burial.
All right, so we're going to wrap the show yeah. up. Heavy Metal Steve, thank you so yeah. much. It was an honor. Was, thank you, guys. It's great having we, you. Yeah, we loved learning more about yeah. you. We'd love to have you back. Absolutely. We're going to have cooking night, horror movie night. Yeah. Hey, I'm fine with all that. Kate Bush Greasy night. Greasy Strangler night. Fuck yes. <laughs> Fuck yes on the Kate Bush, too. God. We, we just planned out our whole yeah. winter. I love yeah. it. Good shit right there. Yeah. All right, so we're off to uh, Halothane, Gutted Alive, and Vomit, Vomit Stain. I think that's the headliner. Yeah, over at Skylark. Yeah. We're going to meet all of our friends over there. Yeah. But I'm before good. we do, you have a special treat for everyone. Yeah. So, so I started listening to Merciful Fate and Priest. I was a young teen before my voice dropped, and I started singing to that, and I can still do it. So I, I guess I might as well, at the request of... You know, everyone at shows wants to hear me do King Diamond. Of course. And you guys, I don't know how you haven't heard it, and I'm partly sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. So I guess I'll just give a good send-off. So um, on behalf of me, Heavy Metal Steve, you are listening to... That was wonderful. Fantastic. Thank you. My heart is smiling. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. It was awesome having no you. No problem. Thanks, guys. Thank you.